I want to welcome you, Dr. Ephemius Papastavridis in Eliamep. Uh, you are a researcher in the University of Oxford and you know very well uh, the maritime issues. Uh, and I want to talk with you about maritime disputes between Greece and Turkey, and not only, to talk about the agreements with Italy and Egypt um, that Greece has signed at last. Uh, and uh, I want for you to help us clarify a little bit what is going on with the international law of the sea, where uh, we are wrong, where we are right, and what is going on between us and Turkey. So I want to begin asking you, does the international law provide a sufficient, clear and predictable legal framework for the resolution of the Greek-Turkish maritime dispute? So is the law ready to solve our disputes? Yes, uh, many, many thanks, uh, Mr. Nardot, for your kind invitation. It's always a pleasure to uh, be at Eliamep. Um, so the, your question is, I think, goes to the heart of also what was my policy paper uh, a couple of months ago is that we are at a, at a stage that the international law has developed and the international law of the sea has developed to the extent that we cannot, we are not certain what will be, for example, the outcome of a maritime delimitation dispute going to the international court of justice, but we can predict and what kind of arguments the, uh, let's say, Greece and Turkey will, will advance before the international court of justice. And also we have a framework that actually, as you rightly said, uh, describes, um, sets out what is the what is, will be the parameters of such a resolution. So we have the law of the convention, which Turkey does not uh, is not party. However, it, it is uh, reflect does reflect custom international law, and uh, to a certain extent, we may um, uh, develop uh, elaborate further um, uh, later on. Uh, to a certain extent, uh, Turkey accepts some principles of that uh, in convention and of that international law of legal framework. So I think we, yes, it is. It is. Um, it will be. It is uh, an assertion that is warranted to say that uh, international law does provide a clear and, and, and predictable legal framework on, on governing our disputes. Which are the maritime disputes between Greece and Turkey in the Aegean and the Medi Eastern Mediterranean Sea? So the main dispute is, is, is of course, the delimitation of, uh, of uh, the continental self and the exclusive economic zone. I provide that both states will declare uh, such a zone because, as we're going to say, uh, as, you know, we might, uh, will, um, uh, we, can, we can say later on, there is, uh, it's quite different, so the exclusive economic zone must be declared. Um, and also there's a dispute that uh, Greece does not recognize uh, as a dispute. It considers that it's, uh, it's one of its... Uh, Undisputed rights is to extend its, its uh, territorial sea up to 12 nautical miles. Uh, Turkey actually um, disputes this right of Greece. So, according to the international legal definition of dispute, and it is it is a dispute between the two states. Um, finally, Turkey, uh, in its uh, uh, in its website and its statements in the uh, in the Minister of Foreign Affairs website of Turkey. Uh, states also that there is a dispute with, uh, regarding the territorial sea delimitation of the two states. Uh, Greece um, refutes this uh, position. Uh, Greece considers that the territorial sea of both states have been have been already has been already delimited. So there's no need to delimit the territorial uh, waters of the two states. Well, um, you mentioned I wanted to ask that of you uh, later on, but I want to ask you now yes. about the 12 nautical miles. Mm -hmm. Isn't it the right of Greece and the right of Turkey? Although Turkey has not signed, has not 
uh, ratified the Convention of uh, uh, the International Law about the Sea Rights to extend its zone in 20 mm-hmm. nautical miles. Is that not correct? Yes, yes, you're, you're, um, you're right. Uh, I've, the Law of the Sea and um, UN Convention of Law of the Sea, Article 3 specifically, uh, which has been considered, accepted by the National Court as reflective of custom international law, which uh, binds Turkey, is very clear that you know every coastal state may extend up to 12 nautical miles territorial sea, uh, provided, of course, that there's no overlapping entitlements of another state. So, for example, in opposite Samos, where the distance, is, of course, is not 12, 4, 24 nautical miles, we cannot have a 12 nautical miles territorial sea. Nevertheless, in other parts of, of our, our uh, territorial waters, we may extend to 12 nautical miles. Turkey has an argument because of the, of the proximity of the Greek islands to the Turkish coast. Uh, we should actually uh, discuss and agree before any uh, such extension. Uh, it makes also some arguments with respect to that is uh, like a persistent objective, as we say in international law, uh, up to uh, as to uh, this particular right uh, specifically, and also that um, the natural extension of Greece and Aegean Sea will be an abuse of our rights and will be actually will um, uh, will deprive Turkey of its freedom of navigation and access to the Aegean Sea. All these arguments have, have been I have thoroughly discussed this in my paper. I think they are uh, uh, lack a uh, sound legal ground on the part of Turkey. I think that Greece has a, a right, uh, not a right to extend its territorial sea, in the sense that there is no uh, qualification, there is no ex- um, uh, any requirement under the law of the sea with respect to actually negotiating with our neighbours in order to exercise this unilateral right. Um, it is we. Uh, I I uh, I'm firmly believe that Turkey is not um, a persistent objector in this sense. It's a very technical analysis. I won't all spare the details, but uh, uh, suffice to say that Turkey never actually um, never actually disputed uh, this position uh, during the third conference on the law of the sea, and it, Turkey itself has extended its territorial sea uh, uh, up to 12 nautical miles uh, in the Black Sea and the uh, Eastern Mediterranean Sea. Um, I think that Greece has this right. Uh, of course, Greece, uh, with regard to, to the GNC, it will be—I mean—it will be politically prudent, but not legally compulsory, actually, to discuss uh, before doing this with Turkey. Um, however, and uh, this comes to something which has happened uh, very, very uh, recently, and it's something which I, I consider is a, it's a fantastic step and position of, of Greek government, is to announce that you know, in other parts of our territory. We may will extend our territorial sea, and I'm referring uh, specifically to the to the Ionian Sea, and also maybe uh, uh, south of Crete. Uh, yes, but I wanted to ask you there. We had the agreement with Italy before we extended in the Ionian Sea mm-hmm. to 12 nautical miles. Although Italy is a very friendly country, we are members of the European Union, and we didn't do it before we signed the agreement with Italy. Mm-hmm. So um, the international law gives us that right, but customarily we have to agree with our neighbours first. And I would say that mm-hmm. Greece also talked with Albania before announcing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I will beg to differ. As we say, uh, we don't have a customary obligation to to negotiate with our neighbours in these areas. Um, it is it's certainly, and um, you know, under the national law, it's a very very clear position that we make unilateral extent our uh, territorial sea uh, in the Ionian Sea, 
uh, with respect to you know the opposite course of, of Italy when it comes to Albania because to a certain extent if we if we extend the political marriage we need to delimit with Albania so that you know actually brings another question of, of delimitation of territorial sea but we don't have to agree before we do this politically as you uh, again, you rightly said on, on this point is, is that it is always better to have a certain understanding with the other state before you do this uh, this this movement of, of extension of political miles. Um, in in uh, with respect to Italy, we wait for the, this agreement to be signed. Uh, this agreement is a multi-purpose boundary agreement in the sense that we say that this is the boundary line, um, and inward of this boundary line in our let's say maritime space, we may extend and we may exercise whatever rights and jurisdiction international law gives us. So it is it was it is part it was provided by an agreement that we may extend twelve nautical miles in that area. With Italy we might do this before we have a, a, a similar agreement, a delimitation agreement. But that doesn't mean that we, we cannot do it. With uh, Egypt when we if we do this south of Crete, vis a vis Libya for example, there um, the areas we have delimited this other delimitation dispute this only exclusive economic zone and continental self. So the, I don't territorial sea. In the Aegean Sea, the problem becomes more um, vivid because it is, as we said, it's due to the proximity of the Greek islands to the Turkish coast. That makes politically, and I, I emphasize politically, the need for certain understanding between the two neighbors, right? But legally speaking, I have to be clear because I'm a lawyer. We don't have to agree before we exercise our unilateral, our uh, sovereign right. And also because it's a lot of discussion here in Greece about that, when we decide to do it in the Ionian Sea, we don't say that we cannot do it in the Aegean. We may do it now in the Ionian Sea and in 10 years' time, if we wish, mm -hmm. in the Aegean. We don't lose our right, I mean, mm -hmm. or we don't accept that the Aegean Sea is some specific case. Yes, exactly, exactly. And uh, I think there's something, again, that I've... I've uh, um, uh, emphasized in my paper is, is that there is uh, the extension of the of the territorial sea can occur in certain areas can occur gradually. It doesn't need to be a one uh, one uh, you know one action for the whole territory of Greece. So it is uh, and in, uh, to enhance this you know uh, position and to actually refute any allegation that by extending the turtles in the Ionian Sea, we lose or we forfeit our right to do this in the Aegean Sea. I think the Greek government and that will do and will actually also send this as a not verbal to the, to the United Nations, will say that this is without prejudice to the um, exercise of similar right in other parts of the territory of Greece. So, I mean, uh, legally speaking, we are very... Uh, sound and we are very um, we, we, we have I think we cover every potential allegation we actually uh, we, we lose a right to do this in the, in the DNC What is the difference, exactly the difference between continental shelf and exclusive economic zone? Yes, yes thank you for asking this because people are, are confusing this um, all the time. All the time, yes. So, Canada self, it is, it is, uh, it's like uh, you know, teaching my class. It is, um, uh, it is the the right of a state to exercise, as we say in Latin, because in, in English we use in, in law we use a lot of Latin, ipso jure uh, and ab initio. It is, has a right to exercise, to explore and, ex and exploit its natural resources over the seabed and its subsoil of its continental self. Um, when we say natural resources, we mean uh, hydrocarbons and certain sedentary species. It's only very plain, it's only about the seabed 
And it's a right which is a sovereign right which does not require any proclamation. And you can exercise this right up to uh, you know, 200 commands minimum, and other certain circumstances you can go even to 350 nautical miles from the coast. Uh, one nautical mile equals 1,851 meters for you know in, to have a to put this in context. Now in Greece, of course, Greece cannot have a 200 miles themselves because they will go to Egypt, right? Um, uh, so that that brings to the for the, the need to the limit before we uh, are we can exercise full rights. However, we don't need to proclaim ourselves. So Greece has ourselves. However, its outer limits, because it does not have um, agreement with all its neighbors, are not determined yet. It's, they are determined in the Ionian Sea vis-à-vis -vis, uh, Italy, now vis-à-vis uh, -vis Egypt, and we are hoping that at the point we'll have reached an agreement with the other neighbors, uh, Libya, Turkey, and arguably uh, Cyprus. Now, something similar but not identical. Uh, EZ is the exclusive economic zone. is uh, a zone that has been. It, it is. It's, it concerns actually the uh, the uh, the water column and mostly and maybe also the the, the wind uh, over the over the um, over the sea. So it is a, a zone that a state has to proclaim. You don't have it without proclamation. And uh, it is with if you proclaim an EZ, you can exercise uh, and certain sovereign rights, and you can exercise jurisdiction, which is very has a very economic purpose. So you can, for example, you can fish exclusively, uh, you can exploit on our energy resources, uh, current, wind, waves. You can have uh, you can have jurisdiction over the marine scientific research that is conducted there. You can have a jurisdiction over the marine environment for the production of the marine environment. For example, if there is a, a problem with a, with a, a certain marine species in, let's say, in the of Corfu, you can have a marine protected area to protect the species. Okay, so it's a zone that has it's a multi-purpose zone, mainly uh, having to do with economic benefits. What is happening now with us mm -hmm. in Aegean Sea when we don't have an exclusive economic zone, mm -hmm. or we have it up to six miles? No, we, we we only have territorial sea to six miles. Nice. We have continental self rights. However, uh, before pro, pro, you know, prior to our delimitation, we we cannot exercise this to the fullest extent. Um, but you know, having said that, I think it's a very it's a very uh, significant moment that what happened in the Greek Parliament like a, uh, some days ago when there was the signing of the sorry the, the ratification of the agreement with Albania in Article Two. Of the ratifying law of the um, of the agreement, it was actually for uh, Greece for the first time declared an exclusive economic zone. The area there has been delimited with Egypt. Um, it is uh, it is a uh, you know it's a very very important moment because uh, Greece has been one of the very very few coastal states, maybe like five in the world, that have never 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 ever uh, actually proclaimed any uh, maritime zone. Although we were one of the first to have to sign the international law about the sea rights in 1982, 1983, we, we did sign them. We we, we ratified them in 1995. Right. Uh, it took us some some time, but but it was not an issue with respect to the content of the, of the of the uh, law of this convention. Yes, we were. I think we were um, we were inert to a certain extent, and we. I think this was also due to the crisis with due to the crisis, the dispute with with uh, um, with our neighbors, especially Turkey. And I think it's a, it was a brave step for uh, this government to do this.
to agreements and will be a, even a, a more a more brave step to have the 12 nautical miles in the Yonan Sea and being potentially in Crete. Why is Castellorizo a problem for Turkey? Is there a right and wrong in the matter of Castellorizo? And yes. before, I'm sorry, yes. before you answer that, I want also to, to ask you the next question. In Greece we talk a lot about sovereignty and the sovereign rights. Um, what is the difference mm-hmm. and has that anything to do with Castellorizo mm-hmm. also? Um, again, it has been a, it's always very much you know, confusing the public uh, uh, view on this. Um, so there is sovereignty has to do with the territorial sea. So sovereignty we, uh, in the territorial sea we exercise sovereignty as per our territory. With one exception, one major exception, that we have to be to accept the right, the freedom of uh, the right of innocent passage or transit passage of other states with, through our waters. Uh, meaning, innocent passage means that a vessel can come through our waters without asking permission, some which cannot happen in the land borders. So at the sea borders, a, a vessel can pass through, can navigate through the Rodol Sea. Some which is, is, goes, turns, to the head, turns on the head of the argument of Turkey with respect to um, that it will be uh, actually uh, we'll don't have, uh, we won't we won't have access to the to the GNC if we actually uh, extend up to 12 commands. This is is not true because it can ex- it can exercise its uh, rights of innocent passage and potentially uh, transit passage in the area. Now, so territorial sea up to 16 commands as we stand sovereignty, sovereign rights we can exercise only for the purpose of exploration exploitation for our natural resources over our continental self, which, as we said, we have delimited only uh, vis-à-vis Italy and uh, or, or, um, uh, Egypt, uh, and also in the exclusive economic zone now with Egypt. On that point, and I forget to, and I may uh, uh, add something that I said before, um, even if we actually, we proclaimed the exclusive economic zone in our legislation, we still need to do this internationally. We need to still we need to deposit some charts and some coordinates to the UN Division of Ocean Affairs on the Law of the Sea to have an official and unpossible exclusive economic zone. Nevertheless, we won't exercise every right on our own because this, uh, the elephant in the room is, is the European Union. So the European Union has exclusive competence over fishing, fisheries and shared competence over environment. So the fishing rights we may want to exercise in this area will actually be regulated by the European Union. Likewise, when it goes to the Italy, and there has been a discussion. I have not seen the documents yet, so I cannot be, um, I cannot, uh, I don't say with, with certainty. But there is there, will, there is an agreement. I've, so I've heard that there is an agreement between Italy and Greece that they will give certain fishing rights to Italian nationals. With the red streams. Yes, exactly. Between the six and twelve nautical miles when we actually, when we extend our territorial sea. This has to go through um, EU regulation on fisheries, which is the next, actually, uh, recast of this regulation will be 2023, 2022, and will be, uh, start, uh, so it has to go through the European Union, and most likely will give some fishing rights to the Italians in that area. So let's go now to, uh, to, to Castellorizo. To Castellorizo. Yes. And in general, our islands, our mm-hmm. islands in the Aegean mm-hmm. Sea. Um, according to the international law, uh, do the islands have continental shelf, have an exclusive economic zone? Yes, it, they do have 
this the famous Article 121 of the UN Convention of the Law of the Sea. So every every student that does Law of the Sea has to know this by heart, which gives a right to every island to have uh, to to be entitled to have to to have um, territorial sea, codicus zone, uh, exclusive economic zone, and continental self. Subject, of course, to the exception of rocks. So under Article uh, 121, paragraph 3, there is the exception of rocks, which saying that the rocks which cannot sustain human habitation or economic life of their own will not have uh, continental self and exclusive economic zone. Most small rocks that they cannot, for example, they are wooden barrel rocks that they are, they, there's no water, uh, food or shelter, or they don't have any economic life of their own, they have only territorial sea up to 12 nautical miles. That said, um, there's one thing whether, whether an island has a right and entitlement to, to continental self and exclusive economic zone. Another thing, how this will be, what kind of effect will this island take in a maritime delimitation? So, when it goes to maritime delimitation, according to a very consistent jurisprudence of international courts and tribunals, um, the, the court may, if the island is, depending on its size, status, location, and importance, may ascribe to this island either no effect, half effect, or full effect. Saying this, no effect means they will take only 12 nautical miles of the 12 sea. Half effect will take, a, you know, as happened in very recently in, uh, in the Costa Rica and Nicaragua case before the ICJ, the Dennis School of Justice, it had only, Corn Islands were given only half effect. Meaning half effect means a half, to put it very plainly, half EZ. Uh, instead of a full EZ, this island will be uh, will be will take half of effect. Um, so, it, depending on again on the, on its certain requirements uh, and certain um, the, the certain elements, international courts may give to islands a smaller piece of, of the cake, to put it very plainly. But it does not have anything to do with the islands being Greek and belonging to the Greek state. It has only to do with the rights exactly. in the sea. Yes. So it's another another conflation that is very very common. So when we speak about the, the effect of islands, uh, people may you know um, confuse this with the sovereignty issues. So um, is Castellorosa Greek? Is uh, is Panagiotis? Uh, 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 whatever. So this is it's another issue. So the. Uh, we, when we say that an island may have an effect, we first has to to to, to um, decide uh, to whom the island belongs. So does it belong to Greece or does it belong to Turkey? Uh, that said, this is in something which Greece, of course, does not accept as a dispute between Greece and Turkey. Turkey, on the other hand, is is, is very uh, loud on this uh, dispute the sovereignty of certain islands. I don't think there is a, like a formal catalog of how many islands the Turkey disputes. Uh, some of the islands might be, uh, you know, it, it is it, it is only by by hearing the silence. It's, it's I think it's a marks it's, uh, it's the far fetched nature of this of their arguments of Turks' arguments. For example, they say that Gavdos is a, as a grey zone, right? So this being a south of, of Crete, so not very close to the Turkish coast. Um, uh, however, if we go to on the Court of Justice, for example, uh, and we don't agree on the sovereignty of on the issue of sovereignty. Um, my view, and I've made it also, I've written down in the paper, is that the ICJ will, will not go into the sovereignty dispute. Will uh, exercise its prerogative to select on its own the base point for actually delimiting the line and will avoid the hot potato, to put it that way, right? Because ICJ is very prudent and very conscious 
not to go into matters that states have not very explicitly given its consent, their consent to the court's jurisdiction. And Greece, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure, we never, we cannot be very really sure this. Discussion, discussion on this, right? Discuss this. Yes. So why would Greece um, uh, accept to go with Turkey in uh, in Hague? Mm -hmm. uh, Turkey has not ratified, has not signed the 1982 convention. Um, uh, they want to talk about a lot of things that uh, are Greece's rights and by the Treaty of Lausanne. Mm -hmm. Why should Greeks decide uh, to go to Hague? Let's say if Turkey yes, agrees yes. to discuss with, uh, with Greece. And, yes, uh, that's true. I mean, the, the, I think the crux of the matter is that we, we either decide to do nothing or to try to do something, right? Um, I'm always in favor of, of trying to of, of trying to uh, reach compromises, trying to resolve disputes under international law. So this is uh, uh, it's, it's obligatory for states to, to resolve their dispute peacefully. And there is uh, under Article 33, for example, of the UN Charter, there's a list, uh, an, an open-ended list of means of dispute settlement, including a negotiation, conciliation, mediation, uh, arbitration, the recourse to the SJ. So I think that this is something which we know and Greece can never say that I won't, I don't want to resolve our, our maritime dispute with Turkey. So it, it will most likely and hopefully will end up to discuss these issues, right? Now, um, uh, negotiation is always the first thing you do. And if you, you're very good, uh, you know, neighbors, as we were with, with Italy, for example, and, and Egypt, and we reached an agreement, that would be fine. We'll have our champagne and we'll, we'll be very happy, right? Um, now, if we cannot reach an agreement, and uh, history shows that it is, will be very difficult with our neighbors, which have also, as we said beforehand, they open up the um, disputes, the uh, number of disputes that they are actually... Uh, Saying all these years, sent, the yes, agenda they have. The agenda they had. So they have, they, uh, they put, for example, uh, you know, the delimitarization of the Greek islands, the 12 nautical miles in the Aegean Sea, the delimitation of the territorial sea, the national airspace, um, the issues of the Muslim minority in, in uh, Thrace, so uh, you know, a handful of issues. Uh, Greece only wants one dispute to be discussed, right? So we, it is from the scratch we do. I think it's every commonsensical paper person will understand that it will be difficult to to you know to, uh, to discuss, not even negotiate, discuss, <laughs> negotiate, and actually reach on on actually delineating what will be the discussion about, right? Uh, if we do this. Reaching an agreement with Turkey, having very, very—I uh, always say—and I use this word that I like in English—has a very cherry-picking stance with respect to arguments of international law. Um, Turkey is not a, a, a denier of international law. That's a, a misconception of Greek public. Uh, if and I really admire the Turkish government having put all the arguments in their Turkish MFA website. It's, it's amazing. So they have put like a. Uh, Mr. Erci, yes, Basochi, yes, PowerPoints in his, of his presentation, laying out all the arguments of Turkey. Uh, and we can see there, for example, that they accept the median line with respect to the limitation of the territorial sea. They accept that certain islands may have a, a continental shelf, however, the islands that they are close to the continental coast of the state. So if you, for example, the Aegean, if we draw a median line in the middle of the Aegean, they say, okay, all the islands of Greece, let's say Skopelos, in the west part may have a continental shelf, 
but all the other islands that they are very close, like Rhodes uh, and the uh, eastern part of Crete, don't, don't have any maritime entitlement of continental self and easy. So there is a very selective approach to international law. Nevertheless, they, they, if they go to the court or if we go to negotiation, international law has to come into play because international law is the, the lingua franca of, of how you resolve disputes legally, right? So they, they will discuss, I'm sure they will discuss international law with a different approach. Now, to end up to an agreement will be difficult, it will be a, maybe a Sisyphean task, right? It will take years, we, the government may want to do this, right? But at a point, we might want to go to the court, right? And, and going to the court, I think it is, as I claim, I think it's a very safe option. Uh, safe option for two reasons. Firstly, because the international law, as we said in the first question, as you asked me in the first question, gives is 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 to a certain extent predictable and clear. And I have to admit that to um, some of our main concerns, it is in our favour. Um, on the other hand, the National Court of Justice, you know, having a judgment of, of such an authoritative, um, the main judicial organ of the United Nations an organ that whenever it renders a judgment, every state actually ad adheres to this judgment. It will be very difficult for Turkey to dispute this, this uh, judgment. And also it will be very, and the third point, I'm um, sorry for taking too, so long, the third point I think goes to this internal audience. So it will be, I think it will be easier for a government, for, especially for the Greek government, which uh, it, it preaches over time international law. So I hear the Prime Minister, the, the Minister of Foreign Affairs, everybody used the word international law like a 20 times per day, right? So if we say, okay, this is the national law, guys, okay, uh, the National Court of Justice in applying the national law has come to this judgment, this is all we can take. I think that the international, the internal audience, even the opposition, when, when that happens, it will be very hardly hard to dispute this. So I think it will be prudent to wrap up um, that for not only for the, our external to resolve the dispute externally, but also internally to to um, to try to to use a very uh, you know Greek kind of uh, paraphrasing to sell this to the uh, to and the internal audience. When, what would you say to many people, to many Greek people that say that if we go, if we try that, we will only lose what is already ours, and why try that, mm -hmm. even um, uh, having to have a, a, an answer or a verdict? from the international court that it will be against us. Yes. I think this is uh, in another misconception of Greek society, and I've been asked many times often this question. Uh, Greece at the moment has a six nautical miles territorial sea, uh, and has continental self-delimited and is it when we declare it with Italy, and partially with, uh, uh, all, uh, with uh, Egypt, and that's all. We don't have anything else. By going to a court, we uh, we will definitely have more. We may have the maximum that we uh, ask. It's difficult, but you know you never know what happens left. Uh, so it will. It, it's a win-win situation because unless we don't resolve our dispute with our, especially with Turkey, and having said that, we need also to resolve our dispute with uh, Albania and and Libya, Martin delimitation disputes. We cannot exercise in the, the fullest our rights. We can exercise only. For example, um, of the coast of Crete, with respect, on the western coast of Crete, vis-à-vis um, uh, -vis Libya, we may exercise our exploration and um, uh, and uh, exploitation rights. However, again, this is not uh, we don't have any legal certainty without having an agreement or um, uh, um, ICJ decision judgment on this uh, 
uh, um, uh, in, of this, in these areas. Uh, you believe that they will obey with the decision of the International Court in Hague because sometimes they are unpredictable and Recep Tayyip Erdogan is very unpredictable, we can mm -hmm. say that. Uh, so they will have to obey the decision, I think if, if, even uh, if they don't like it. Yes, exactly. I mean, uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Turkey has a very good, very good lawyers and very good uh, also internationally international experts. And if they so if they decide to go to if Turkey decides to go to the, to the court, I think we'll take the chances that uh, um, it might not get whatever it says. For example, uh, which is a very false argument that uh, roads or Crete does not have any continental shelf. This is this is preposterous. This is not uh, is not a position that uh, it will, uh, will never be accepted before a court of law. Um, so if they decide to go, I think they will be ready to accept this. And uh, on that point, uh, also. Um, no state has ever, for a, for a major period, uh, and not abided by the court's decision. Um, there have been only a few examples of uh, initially U.S. in the Nicaragua judgment in 1986 and uh, Iran uh, for some years after the 1988 uh, judgment of the court with respect to the Tehran hostages that have not abided. But all the other states, well, Libya has abided, uh, Iran eventually, uh, U.S. Even in arbitral awards, very recently, um, uh, Russia abided by uh, an award with respect to arbitration between Russia and Netherlands on rainbow on uh, sorry, Arctic sunrise boat. So there's, you know, um, it would be very difficult for a state to be singled out and not abide, especially by the ICJ's judgment. I think that uh, this won't be a problem at the end of the day. Uh, do you have any other case in mind, like Greece and Turkey? that it's taking on for so, so long and there is no solution and there is no um, abiding by a court decision or going to court. Mm -hmm. Is there another case in the world like uh, ours? No, it's a very difficult question. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not... I think we're kind of unique to say this and it's also... it's, it's uh, I, I can hardly, I mean... To a certain extent, um, paralyze our situation with uh, um, uh, with analogies with with uh, the Caribbean Sea, where there are certain states that they are very close to each other, very uh, neighboring neighboring states. In this in this this region, uh, we have many international law cases that have gone to courts to ICJ, and also they are pending right now before the ICJ or to other um, arbitral awards. Um, in the Mediterranean Sea, we have some cases. We have Libya, Malta, Libya, Tunisia going to the ICJ, and we have many maritime agreements. I think it's it's like a unique kind of situation. Um, however, I mean, resolving a dispute, uh, it's always something which is we, we need to uh, urge for this, uh, you know, uh, uh, development because uh, you know. Uh, Lingering such disputes does not benefit everyone. It doesn't benefit, you know, economically because we cannot exploit our resources, we cannot fish in our waters, uh, we cannot uh, protect our environment, we cannot have good friendly relations with the neighbors. We have to spend billions of, uh, you know, money to uh, weapons, like uh, as we, we currently hear. And I prefer personally to have this in, in uh, universities, uh, um, you know, uh, hospitals and, and other uh, infrastructure. That's always, I think, um, you know, makes something makes makes the, the you know the argument that that we need somehow to resolve our disputes. I think more um, convincing. I want to thank you very much for this discussion. Thank you very much. Many thanks again. Thank you.